0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, to you I will give their glory and all this authority For it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. We may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. anybody tired? Mm. Me too. Me too. That's okay. I'll be happy when there's more light this evening. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Does anybody know what it means to be tempted? No? no? Okay. No. Well, that's pretty straightforward. All right. To be tempted means that you kind of want something. You want it, but it's not necessarily the best for you. You see, if you want something that's good, we don't call that temptation. But if you want something that's not the best for you, more specifically, if you want something that maybe God wouldn't want you to do, that's temptation. You want something that's bad. Do you ever have that feeling of wanting something that God might not want? you to do? Or wanting something that God might not think is good for you? Are you ever tempted? What kind of things tempt you? What kind of experiences tempt you? Still a little bit stuck. I think this story is going to help. In today's gospel, Jesus and the devil... The devil being a character or a thing that seems to go against what God wants all the time. Jesus and the devil are talking with one another, and over and over again, the devil is trying to tempt Jesus, and Jesus has a lot of different responses, but I think that we can summarize Jesus' response and what Jesus is saying, and this isn't what God would want me to do. So I want you to hear the story again, but I want you to hear it with those words, okay? Here's the story. Jesus was very hungry because he had been in the desert for 40 days with nothing to eat and nothing to drink. If you went 40 days without anything to eat or drink, you'd be pretty hungry and dangerously thirsty, right? Yeah. Yeah. And probably pretty hot, too. It was the desert. So, Jesus was hungry and thirsty and tired and hot. And Jesus heard from the devil when he was hungry and thirsty and hot and tired. Jesus heard from the devil, you know what, said the devil, you could make these stones into bread, then you wouldn't be hungry anymore. And Jesus said to the devil, I don't think that's what God wants me to do. And then the devil took Jesus to see all of the powerful things in the world in an instant. All the power you can have. All the money you can have. All the political power you can have. All the unofficial power you can have. All of it. All the power. And the devil said, I'm going to give all of this to you. But you have to worship me. And what that means is you have to make everything you do, your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul, all of it, you have to make it all about the devil. And Jesus says, I don't think that's what God wants me to do. And then finally, the devil took Jesus to the top of the temple. And the temple was kind of like their church at the time. So imagine Jesus is on the top of the steeple and the devil's with him. And the devil says, you know what? Even if you jumped off of this, God would save you. Because God said God would save you. And Jesus says, I don't think that's what God wants me to do. Yeah. You see, temptation, it comes down to what God wants us to do. It's really easy to have stuff that we know God wouldn't want us to do. Like, be selfish. Like, just take things for ourselves and not think about other people. Like, not listen. Like, only try to get our own way. It's really easy to be tempted by things that God wouldn't want us to do. But every time, Jesus just kind of says, you know what? I'm going to think about this for a little bit. I'm going to try to do the things that God wants me to do. That's kind of what our whole lives are about. About thinking for a little bit and trying to do the things that God wants us to do. Now, just so I can do good at this, what do you think God wants me to do? What kinds of things do you think God wants me to do? Tithe. Say it again tithe. tithe? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not pay anyone to say that. That's great. Yeah. Be kind. Yes. What other kinds of things does God want me to do? Yeah. Be nice to your family. Be nice to your family. Just my family? Everyone. Everyone. That's right. What else? Eyes. There you go. That makes more sense. And tire shoelace, too. I'm going to go with both answers. Both are good. What else? Claire. To have fun, maybe. To laugh with one another. To bring good things. Yeah. Say please, and thank you. say please and thank you. Just be polite. To be good to one another. We always say the fruits of the spirit, right? Have you ever heard of those? These are the fruits of the Spirit. These are things that mean this is what God would act like. And they are love. That seems like a good thing. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things God wants me to do. If you mess up, and you're going to mess up, God loves you very, very much. You can always start over. That's right. You start over again and again and again. That's right. And you always try to do these things. In every moment of life, you say, Does this, is this what God wants me to do? And if it's not, you don't do it. And if it is, you do it. Does that make sense? Kind of. Kind of. That means you're right on the money because it only kind of makes sense to us too. But try. Try your best, okay? All right. Should we say a prayer? Mm -hmm. Let's say a prayer. Jesus, you are very kind to us and you love us very much. We ask that whenever we're tempted, whenever we think we might want to do something that would go against you, that you would help us, that you would help us to do the things that you would do, that you would help us to love and have joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and that in all things you would be near us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. There you go. In the name of Jesus, amen. Temptation always seems to be a little bit more tricky than what I hear in this text. Because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I could deal with the temptations that are written down here. Don't turn stones into bread. I can't really do that anyway, so check. Even if I could, if it were the devil, the devil's own self just kind of talking to me, probably not a good idea to do whatever the devil says, so check. Check. Worship the devil, probably a bad idea. Check. Jump off the top of a building. I don't want to do that anyways. Check. These temptations don't seem nearly as hard as the temptations that I experience every day. I don't know about you. Because the temptations I experience every day, they are so related to my everyday experiences that they're just slightly off of what God would have me do. They're not far-fetched. They're not almost comedically off. They're just slightly off of what God would have me do to just slightly turn everything away. I know I've used this example, and it's probably been three years ago, but I think it holds up. Have you ever played an instrument A wind instrument, yeah, brass, wind, strings, any instrument. You know that the first thing you do when you play together in a group is what? Tune. Yeah, you tune. And I can't tell you the number of times I saw my director say, okay, we're going to tune now. And we have the pitch go off from either a single musician or from a tuning box. And everybody starts playing and it sounds terrible at the beginning, doesn't it? And it's not that we're playing the wrong note. We're all playing technically, mechanically, the right note. The armature is correct. The valves or the keys or whatever are pressed in the right way. It's just that the instrument is slightly out of tune. And so we don't make a huge adjustment. We make a small adjustment so that... Now, we're all in the right spot. Now, we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing. That is what I experience in temptation. It's not that I'm playing a whole different note. It's that I'm trying to play the note, and then temptation takes me just slightly out of tune. How many of you in the regular hardships of life, and these regular hardships doesn't mean that they're regular in the level of difficulty, but they're regular in that they happen to all of us throughout the course of life. How many of you in the regular hardships of life find yourself tempted just a hair off? How many of you in the regular hardships of life find temptation begins to blur with reason? Well, this seems reasonable, so I should be able to do this thing that maybe God wouldn't want me to do. How many of you in the regular hardships of life see temptation blur with logic? Well, it serves that I should be able to do the things that God would not want me to do. How many of you in the regular hardships of life have temptation blur with morals normally I will be allowed to not do the things that God wants me to do how many of you in the regular temptations of life have temptation blur with either tradition or not tradition either tradition this is the way we've always done it so I need to be able to do it this same way the whole time or not tradition this is something new and exciting and different so I should be able to veer off and do something new This temptation, it's never as comedic as we see it in this text. And by comedic, I mean blatantly obvious. Temptation is so artfully woven with the things that we trust, our own logic and our own intellect, our own morals, and our own traditions, and our own political leanings, and our own spiritual leanings, and everything else. Temptation is woven so tightly inside of those that it is super easy to find ourselves out of tune with what God would have us do. So what do we do? When we are out in the midst of our own lives and we find ourselves tempted, not in easy ways but in difficult ways, what do we do? Who do we trust? How do we negotiate this thing? I think the very first place we go is where Jesus went, and it's the Word but it's the capital capital W word. It's the word, but it's not just prop open the Bible to any particular place or any wanted place and read the thing that you want to read because even the devil can do that. It's the word as it's seen specifically through God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just like we said in the children's sermon the first weight of what we should be doing is would God want us to do this? Not are we allowed? Not is it okay? Not is everybody else? The first thing that we decide, the first way that we decide in life what to do is does God want me to do this? I don't know about you, but I do go that route quite often, and even after going through that route, I don't still know what to trust. So, the second thing that we do is the Word. Just looking for who's paying attention. That was also the first thing. The first thing we do is the Word, and this capital W, and it's the incarnate Word in front of us. The second thing we do is the Word, and it's that written Word both written in our scriptures, but written for us in so many different forms. It's the devotions that we do every day that point us back to the word. It's the hymns that we sing that point us back to the word. It's the prayers that we say that point us back to the word. It's the word woven just as artfully as temptation throughout our lives so that no matter where we are in our lives, something keeps pointing us back to being in tune. And in case we need it, the third thing we do is look to, can anybody guess? The word. The word that's spoken and proclaimed to one another. And yes, proclaimed in a sermon, but I do not claim to have every answer to your temptation. But the word proclaimed to one another as well. We trust that where two are gathered, where two or more are gathered, in Christ's name, the Spirit is there. We trust that we can proclaim to one another these truths even as we struggle with them ourselves. We go. To the word. So I want you this week, this lifetime, but this week in particular, to f- pay attention, focus on what is tempting you. Not just on the action of what to do after the temptation, but notice specifically what's tempting you, what's pulling you just a little bit out of tune to the point where you're not quite in line with what God would want you. What is doing that? And then I want you not to trust your own actions, but I want you to go to the Word. I want you to imagine and think of the God you have known throughout your life. And what would that God do? Then I want you to go to the Word. I want you to read that Word. And I want you to hear that Word in your Bibles, in your devotionals, in your hymnals, everywhere else that you encounter this Word. And I want you to pay attention. What is that God doing? And then I want you to go to the Word. I want you to talk to your fellow brothers and sisters that are proclaimers of this Word. And trust one another with it. And I want us to find together that God has not left us alone in temptation. That the Holy Spirit that breathed us into this point in our lives will breathe us out of this temptation again. That God is there, always present. So what's tempting you? God be with you as you pay attention to your temptations. God be with you as you search for the word. God be with you as the Holy Spirit moves you out again. God be with you. Amen.